Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya We're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 6. Prescribed duties for mankind. Chapter 17. Mother Parvati curses Chitraketu. Are there tissues over there? Yeah, my nose is for some reason. And uh, we're reading from text 19, is that right? What does it say there? 17? 19. Chapter 17. Yep, okay. Naivatmana paraschapa. Oh, sorry. Naivatmana paraschapi. Kartasyat sukdukkayaho. Kataramanyate tragya Atmanam paramevacha Naivatmana paraschapi Kartasyat sukadukkayaho Kartaramanyate tragya Atmanam paramevacha Naivatmana paraschapi Katasyat sukadukkayaho Kartaramanyate tragya Atmanam paramevacha Naivatmana paraschapi Katasyat sukadukkayaho Kataramanyate tragya Atmaname paraschapi Naivatmana paraschapi Katasyat sukadukkayaho Kartaramanyate tragya Atmanam paramevacha Naivatmana paraschapi Kartasyat sukadukkayaho Kartaramanyate tragya Atmanam paramevacha Na Not Eva Indeed Atma The spirit soul Na 
No. no. Paraha. Paraha. Another. Another. Friend or enemy. Friend or enemy. Cha. Also. Api. Indeed. Karta. The doer. Syat. Can be. Sukadukayaho. Of happiness. And distress. Kataram. The doer. Manyate. Considers. Atra. In this connection. Agyaha. A person not aware of the real fact. Atmanam. Himself. Param. Another. Eva. Indeed. Cha. Also. In this material world, neither the living entity himself nor others friends or enemies, are the cause of material happiness and distress. But because of gross ignorance, the living entity thinks that he and others are the cause. Purport, in this verse, the word agya is very significant. In the material world, <coughs> all living entities are agya, ignorant, in different degrees. This ignorance continues very strongly in the mode of ignorance presented by material nature. One must therefore promote himself to the stage of goodness through his character and behaviour and then gradually come to the transcendental platform or adhokshaja platform in which he realises both his position and the position of others. Everything is done under the superintendence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The process by which the results of action are ordained is called niyatam, always working. <coughs> Oma jnana timirandasya gyananjana salakaya chakshun militam jena tasmai sri guruve namaha sri chaitanya manobhishtam stapitam jena bhutale svayam rupakadamahiyam Dadati svapadantikam mukam karoti vachalam pangum langayate kerim yad kripatamahambande sri gurum dinatavinam. Okay.
What word is significant in this verse? Agya. Right. At least you're not agya. Well, at least of the meaning of the word anyway. Agya. <clears throat> now, Prabhupada says here, in the material world, everyone is agya. Everyone. But according to different degrees. And if a person is under the influence, or not if, if, but under the influence of the modes of material nature, <coughs> excuse me, the ignorance, the agya, will be different. So we see the most complete covering of ignorance when the living entity is under the influence of tamagun. Tamagun. Guna, as Prabhupada describes or translates, as like a rope, a binding. So, Tamagun is a symbol of ignorance. And in, in, in the mode of passion, <clears throat> less of ignorance, uh, more of action. Mode of passion is symptomized by desire, strong desire, and intense effort. Mode of ignorance is, ah, I couldn't care less, right? Prabhupada tells the story of the lazy men, right? You heard the story of the lazy men? <clears throat> the king, the king was feeding the citizens but he didn't think that they were qualified. He said, only lazy men can come and have a free meal. Right? So his, his uh, uh, officers didn't like the idea of distributing lots of free meals to people because it's very expensive. So they, we need to determine who's actually a lazy man. Right? So they came up with the plan. When we're feeding the so-called lazy men, we'll set the tent on fire, set the pandal on fire, right? And those that don't run away, we know they're the lazy men. <laughs> and so they're the, they're the only the ones that we'll feed. <laughs> so they set the pandal on fire <clears throat> and there were two fellows. Everybody ran away except for the two fellows. Two fellows, and one of them said to the other, the, 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 the pandal's on fire. And he said, that's oh, okay, just roll over. <laughs> roll over, it'll go away. He said, okay, these two, these, these are the only two that are eligible to have free meals because they're actually lazy men. <laughs> they didn't want to run away. <clears throat> so, you know, very much the mode of ignorance, lack of action, lack of impetus, lack of 
Whereas you see, uh, and especially we see, there is certainly ignorance. Even in the mode of passion, there's still ignorance. And we see in our modern, modern society is, is symptomatic of, of passion in many respects. Construction of big buildings and roads and lots of activity. You know, we see it on the Westgate Freeway. How many years have they been building the Westgate Freeway? Uh, seems like a century. Uh, still going on. One day you're driving on this side, the next day you're driving on another side. And, and eventually we'll be able to cross the river under the river instead of over the river. But a lot of effort, a lot of effort. And of course, with all of that effort also comes a lot of suffering. Yeah. When they built the West Great Bridge in the 70s, um, uh, at one point, two of the sections of the bridge fell, fell and killed 75 men. Or so, you know, it's a, a tragedy. Huge tragedy, you know, everybody's used to, everybody's used to looking at the bridge, oh, there's a bridge going up, then they look, oh, it's gone. <clears throat> oh, imagine. So, symptom of ignorance is slothfulness, indolence, confusion, just dull. Motor passion, there's, there's more action, but of course, that action is a cause of distress also. Mode of ignorance is just pretty much distress all the way through. Mode of passion is some uh, exhilaration when you're able to uh, uh, um, do something, but it's at what cost? Right? At what cost? So mode of passion is considered better than the mode of ignorance. And above the mode of ignorance, uh, so, and passion is the mode of goodness. <clears throat> and, and, you know, the, the Brahmana is, this, is, is, this, is the emblem, is a symbol of goodness. <clears throat> Equipoised, sense controlled, uh, is not is is not inclined towards uh, you know actions that are going to produce material benefits but is happy to be uh, settled peaceful clean right <clears throat> Symptom of a mode of ignorance is very dirty, unclean. Uh, uh, a simple life, astikyam. Tolerant also. These are symptoms of the Brahmana. Samodamastaposat, socham. Chantir, arjavam. Arjavam is simplicity. Naistikyam. Uh, followers of. Vedic principles, which means cultivation of knowledge, really, cultivation of knowledge. Jnanam, but also 
excuse me, vigyanam, how to apply knowledge. Very important. You know, a little knowledge in the hands of a fool can be dangerous. Huh? Don't know how to use it properly or apply it inappropriately. So the Brahmana is the symbol of the mode of goodness. There's still activity, but the activity is reserved and, and appropriate <clears throat> to the occasion. And, and for the cultivation of um, ultimately spiritual understanding. The thing that's missing from ignorance and passion is an understanding of one's identity. And so this agya is rooted in and what's being described here. Because Maharaj Chichukeda has been cursed by Parvati, right? And he's accepting it. Right? He's, he's accepting it. But he's also saying, interestingly, he's saying, but I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Because, and he's making this point, no one is the cause of their happiness or distress. The immediate cause, right? Longer term cause, oh, okay, that might be. Because he mentions in the previous verse that we're getting reactions from our past deeds, right? But when he says nobody is the cause of our happiness and distress, <clears throat> what he means is that's being arranged by, ultimately by the the super soul, Paramatma, is managing all of these things. Uh, and that the material energy is delivering the happiness and the distress. It might appear that somebody, you know, dobbed you in. Huh? You know what I mean by dob dobbed him in? What does that mean? Dobbed in. Who knows what dobbed in means? Huh? Tell a, yeah, tell a story. You know, your parents always tell you that you shouldn't light fires. Your parents ever tell you that? Don't play with matches. And, um, one day I thought, okay, I'll go and light a fire at the back of the house. And then for some reason, my next door neighbour poked his head over the fence. <laughs> he said, what are you doing? I said, oh, nothing. <laughs> so then ran inside, hey. And he's playing with matches. So then his mum came over and told my mum and I was sent to bed without any dinner. <laughs> that was the word. And I was going to get in trouble when Dad came home. <laughs> and Dad came home but nothing happened, so that was okay. <laughs> that, could have been, that could have been unpleasant. <laughs> so I was thinking, what kind of a friend is he? You know, he dobbed me in. So 
Well, at least, uh, well, at least he saved me from burning the house down, I suppose. <laughs> so, uh, it wasn't my friend who was the cause of my distress. <laughs> it was my <laughs> inappropriate behaviour, of course, impelled by the modes of material nature to act. And so I got a reaction. But it's foolish to think, or it's, it's incorrect, agya, to think that my friend was the cause of my uh, distress, you know, and not getting dinner. But rather that was awarded by the material energy, under the control of the super soul. This is a real, this is real knowledge. Right? Is to see everything working under the control of what Krishna says, Upadrashta, the overseer, right? Upadrashta means the overseer, and the Anumanta, is it? Upadrashta Anumanta Cha, the overseer and the permitter, right? So the real cause of me getting in trouble was the super soul inspiring my friend to look over the fence. Why did he look over the fence at that particular point in time? Huh? That's a big fence. Uh, maybe I was making some noise. <laughs> but it looks like, right, it looks like, we see it. We see it. When we're driving down the road at 120 kilometres an hour in an 80 kilometre an hour zone, and a policeman switches on his lights and catches us, we think, oh no, the coppers, they got me. Right? But a transcendentalist, okay, that's the external. That's the external. And in part, that is the, you know, we have to take into consideration. There are different five factors, right? in the causes of action, mentioned in the 18th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. So the material energy and even the doer, they are a cause. They, they are a cause, right? If I come up and punch you on the nose, which I'm not likely to do, by the way, but just, just for argument's sake, then what are you going to say? Oh, Hari Babu. You're not really hitting me. You're just the, you're the, you're the bearer of my bad karma, <laughs> right? Under the influence of the super soul. That's <laughs> hardly what we, somebody hits you, you say, whoa, you hit me, right? So that is one aspect of reality that can't be denied, right? But behind, behind this, and we see this here with Chitraketu, what an advanced, field of vision or a vision that he has is in this state of real understanding of what's actually taking place. So Prabhupada gives us the instruction here. One must therefore promote himself to the stage of goodness. Right? 
through his character and behavior and then gradually come to the transcendental platform. Right? So, <clears throat> mode of goodness is, is good. Right? Mode of goodness is good. But it's not everything, actually, because the mode of goodness has to be transcended to the mode of Sudha Sattva. Sattva means good. And Sudha means pure goodness. So we're recommended to come to the mode of goodness. How do we come to the mode of goodness? How do we, how does Srila Prabhupada elevate us to the mode of goodness? Anybody got any ideas? Raise your hands if you've got an idea. Don't, don't say anything, just raise your hands. Yeah. <coughs> uh, Jade, how do we get to the mode of goodness? Following the four regulated yeah, following the four regulated principles, that's good. Yep, save your Bhagavan. Get up early. Yeah. Get up in the, at least in the Brahma Mahurta, worship the deity. What's the first thing to do? What's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? Clean your teeth. Yeah, clean your teeth. Cleanliness, the beginning. Salt chum. Get up, take a bath. <clears throat> Not like, uh, uh, there's a famous song, A Day in the Life, it's called, A Day in the Life by Paul McCartney. What's the words? It says, got up, got out of bed, dragged a comb across my head. <laughs> well, we do a little bit more than that. Right? That's the mode of passion. Clean the teeth. Take a shower. Put on clean clothes. Right? Then come and worship Krishna. Come and chant Japa. Study the Shastra. This is all, everything that we do with the morning program. And actually Prabhupada created what they call the Iskon sandwich. Right? You know what the Iskon sandwich is? What's the Iskon sandwich? morning program and evening program. Uh, we don't have the evening program these days, we're out preaching, but that's also kind of an ISKCON sandwich in many respects. Also the mode of goodness, right? Because the cultivation of knowledge, or at least the distribution of knowledge, but you can't really distribute knowledge until you've got knowledge, ideally, right? <clears throat> so, I remember we, we, we would go out on a collection, then you'd have to be back at the temple by six o'clock, have some prasadam, have a shower, then be at the Gora Ati at seven o'clock. And then in the evening after the Gora Ati, what do we do, Prabhav? Bhagavad Gita, we had a Bhagavad Gita class. Yeah, pretty, 
powerful. So you'd go to bed dreaming about Bhagavad Gita, no? thinking about the Bhagavad Gita or the stories. <clears throat> Dream about the devotees. I had an interesting dream the other day, not yesterday, the day before. We were shifting Radhabalaba to a new temple. I don't know why we're doing that, but anyway. And Prabhupada was here, Balaram was here, Korman was here, and Gopal Bhatta Prabhu was here. I don't know how he got mixed up in the whole thing. <laughs> uh, that was pretty far out. That was a very interesting dream. And, and in colour too, you know, usually my dreams are pretty dull. That was a colour dream. Colour dreams are always pretty exciting. <laughs> Although not real, also, by the way. So, uh, but Prabhupada makes a point, you know, you, you read, you hear, the Prabhupada says traditionally in India, in the villages, there would be the recitation of the Ramayana at night. People would come together for the Ramayana. Then they would go home talking about the stories that they'd heard, especially, uh, you know, the, 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 at this time of the year, Diwali, uh, people remember Ram Chandra's pastimes, very powerful. And, and then at night they would, Going to sleep, they would be thinking about Lord Ramchandra and would, you know, in their dreams then experience these feelings of, of uh, appreciation, devotion, really. So this is, the motive, this is the motive of goodness, this cultivation of knowledge and this application of that knowledge. Huh? Education, real education. Actually, Prabhupada says, I, I, I have to write an article or, or fix up an article for our website, uh, blog, about bhakti. Bhakti for beginners. So I've been scratching my head uh, and thinking about what it, but I've been reading recently. Prabhupada said, and, and one passage that I read from um, it's, it's, it's a Back to Godhead article that Prabhupada wrote on the Anyabhilashita Sunyam verse. He wrote it in about 1960. <clears throat> but Prabhupada says the beginning, the beginning of, of the cultivation of knowledge, the beginning of understanding our relationship with Krishna is to... What? What's the beginning of bhakti? No. As recommended by Rupa Goswami. What is it? No. Guru Pad Asraya. Ado Guru Pad Asraya. In the beginning, one has to have a guru. Right? So Prabhupada says one should follow practical activities 
right? Very interesting. And, and, he, and Prabhupada says, interesting, Prabhupada says, devotional service is not inaction, right? That we just sit around and, you know, sometimes we see people come to the temple, you know, they sit down. You see that? I look at him and I think, what are you doing, you idiot? <laughs> I don't say that. <laughs> but I think that sometimes. Huh? <laughs> Prabhupada didn't like that. Yeah. It's actually, you know, it's showing off. It's just showing off. Not very practical, right? And one thing a devotee isn't is a show-off. Right? So, and, and it's interesting, Prabhupada uses the word practical twice, <clears throat> which ordinarily, I, I've been meditating on this because, you know, there are rules of grammar in Sanskrit, and if you use the same word twice, it, it can be considered redundant. Right? But Prabhupada says you, we should follow practical activities from the practical spiritual master. <laughs> right? So, you know, the practical spiritual master, what does he do? He tells you what to do. And then what comes? What comes after that? What comes next? You've got a spiritual master. What does he tell you to do? Huh? Yes, Chan Hare Krishna. Now, right. So when you think about it, we, the first thing we do is chant Hare Krishna. But actually the first thing we do is hear the instruction from a guru. And what's the guru tell you to do? Chant Hare Krishna. <clears throat> right? For us. That's, and is that practical? Eminently practical. This is the top. You know, this is the topmost. My guru was a devotee who gave me an invitation to the Sunday feast. Right? which I didn't take up for many years, till many years later. But on the other side, it said, chant, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare, and make your life sublime. Right? right? So my guru gave me a card. How practical is that, right? Boop. I got the card, and I read it. I said, oh, chant Hare Krishna. That's how I learned to chant, off of that card. Right? So that's pretty, that's pretty practical, really, when you think about it. Right? Hand out the cards, give people the, ch the opportunity to chant, go back home, back to Godhead. <laughs> so, uh, um, Prabhupada was... Prabhupada was was eminently uh, pragmatic. Right? And, and this is one of the beauties of Srila Prabhupada's mercy. You know, how merciful was Srila Prabhupada to leave Vrindavan? You know, Prabhupada was already situated in the most auspicious place. Right? With you know, a complete understanding of transcendental and spiritual knowledge. But he also, he also knew what Lord Chaitanya's mission is. 
He knew what Rupert Goswami's mission was or is, right? Being situated at Radha Temple, where the Goswamis came in Sevakunj, they came there to discuss, right? And Rupa Goswami's samadhi is just right, was right in front. They kind of messed it up a little bit now. It's all built. It's all built in, but it, you know, in the in the seventies. 50s, 50, this is in the 50s, 1950s, when Srila Prabhupada was residing in Vrindavan, in his room at Radha Damada, he would look out of his room and right in front of him was who? Rupa Goswami's Samadhi's there. Right? So Prabhupada left, you know, really the, the most sacred place in the universe, practically speaking, right? to come um, to, the, to, to, to save us. Right? It was pretty amazing, really. Useless. We're useless in many respects, uh, in most respects. Most agya, right? most ignorant, <clears throat> but that was Lord Chaitanya's mood. Lord Chaitanya was thinking, he said to Haridas Thakur, who will save the fallen souls of Kali Yuga? The, the most disqualified age, right? Kali Yuga is the most disqualified age. And Krishna himself, in a, in a mood of a devotee, this is, and this is the devotee's mood, is how will I help others, right? Concern for others, and even they're the most fallen. You know, uh, some, some of Prabhupada's disciples, um, what should we say? Well, they're very fortunate because they got Prabhupada's mercy, but some of them were not, not terribly qualified. You know, hippies and... <laughs> uh, you know, Lord Ramchandra set the example by having a monkey army. So Srila Prabhupada also had a monkey army. <laughs> but very effective, very powerful. And so, you know, Prabhupada's disciples, even though they weren't as elevated as Srila Prabhupada himself, let's put it this way, Prabhupada, very elevated personality. But, but Prabhupada's genius was that he activated a team of not very qualified people, right? And Prabhupada said that himself, you know. I don't have a very qualified team of people to help me. Right? But still, what Prabhupada was able to achieve, those devotees made the devotional service accessible for millions of people, even though they themselves weren't coming from a Vedic background, from a cultured, Brahminical background. Still, because they were delivering transcendental knowledge, 
And practically, right, what did they do? Gave people cards, told people, chant Hare Krishna. Gave people the Bhagavad Gita so that they, they would be elevated. So Prabhupada says that uh, one should be engaged in practical devotional service by the practical spiritual master. Well, we see Prabhupada as a very practical spiritual master. In fact, he told his disciples, don't preach, just give people my books. <laughs> right? <laughs> the less you say, the better. <laughs> just give them a book. Let the book speak. Right? And, and Prabhupada says that that practical devotional service is distributing transcendental knowledge. This is, this is the process of bhakti in this day and age. Right? Very interesting. This is in this Back to Godhead article. And that will reawaken our bhakti. Right? This is the mode of goodness. Even though it appears to be the mode of passion. Right? Getting the books together, hopping on the tram, going downtown, putting a lot of effort in, stopping people. Right? Usually that's the great challenge. In book distribution, what's the biggest challenge? Stopping people. Yeah, just stopping people. They say, yeah, too busy, in a hurry. Or I don't, I don't know what, I haven't done any book distribution recently, but I know from experience people swear at you and <laughs> They don't do that anymore, do they? No? No. People respect the devotees. Yeah. Yeah. So, very interesting. Prabhupada, very practical. Very practical. And, and he says, actually, in this article, he says, you know, devotional service is natural. Devotional service is natural to us. Nitya Siddha Krishna Prem Sadhya Kabunoi, right? It, it, it's, it, the love of God exists in everybody's heart. Right? It's already there. Nitya Siddha Krishna Prem. The, Krishna, the love of Krishna is, resides in everybody's heart. It just needs to be evoked. It needs to be brought out. And this is how Prabhupada says we do it. Worshipping Krishna in the form of the deity. Worshipping the spiritual master. Chanting Hare Krishna. Especially the chanting of Hare Krishna. The japa. And also the sankirtan. The two have to go together. Right? Because the, the intense or the focused purification of bhakti comes from chanting. This is why we tell people, what's the first thing we tell people? Chant Hare Krishna. Right? Chant Hare Krishna. Oh. But it's interesting, the example that Prabhupada gives, he says, just like nobody needs to be taught how to laugh or cry. Right? We just, according to the circumstance, we spontaneously laugh. 
If something's funny, we just do it. Nobody has to teach us to laugh. Or, you know, we don't have to teach children to cry. Well, they do that just out of the womb. They cry. That's why parents get pleasure seeing their children smile and laugh, because most of the time they're crying. <laughs> and that's the material world, right? The material world is designed in such a way so most of the time we're crying. <laughs> and also, Prabhupada mentions also, he says, nobody has to be taught how to have sex. No, we don't need to teach. According to the circumstance, it happens. Right? Nobody has to be taught these things. So similarly also, bhakti or devotion, that high, that sudha-sattva, right? mode of goodness is preferable to passion. And passion is preferable to ignorance. But sudha-sattva, pure devotional service, is the 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 um, topmost activity, right? which is quite amazing because, you know, Prabhupada got his disciples to open temples and to go out and do sankirtan and to distribute books and then get people to come back to the temple. Right? Even Prabhupada says, you know, people imitate the devotees by shaving their heads and living in the temple. <laughs> Prabhupada calls that imitating the devotees. Like we come to the temple, we shave our heads, and we worship the deity and chant Hare Krishna, and we think we're devotees, but actually we're just imitating devotees at that point. <clears throat> and as we make advancement, as we make progress, then we start to develop the qualities and the, the real symptoms. You know, devotional service is not what we do on the external platform, <clears throat> although that's important because it's practical. But the real development, the real advancement comes from the, the development of, you know, devotion. And of course, that devotion is characterised by no material desires, right? This is Shuddha Sattva, means we like to serve Krishna because that's what we do, that's who we are. And to do anything different is, is unnatural for us. This is real, you know, real bhakti. And of course, by engaging in these activities, it comes out, the pure, that's already there. But, but of course it can be covered. Huh? So, so very interesting, this, this notion of practical devotional service so that one can be elevated eventually to the mode of <clears throat> sudha-sattva. We think, I know all the prayers now, I know how to put my dhoti on, I know how to put the tilak on. You know, I'm initiated, so I, now I'm, I'm together. <laughs> Mr. T, right? Mr. Together, or Miss Together, <laughs> or Mrs. Together. <clears throat> But there's still purification that actually has to go on because, you know, the, 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 the 
pure devotional service is actually very rarely achieved. Very rarely achieved. But it is the most important. That's the, uh, that's Sudha Sattva. Very interesting. In uh, Bhakti Aloka, which is a book by Bhakti Vinod Thakur, he describes the six items that, that are impediments. Uh, what is it? Uh, bak, um, uh, shadbir Bhaktir Vinasyati, right? The six items that hold our devotional service. And, and then the six items that impel or propel our bhakti. Right? This, this is in the Upadesha Amrita, the second and third verse. And uh, uh, atyahara, uh, at, ati means too much or more, right? It's a superlative. Um, atyahara, so too much eating, but not just too much eating, it's trying to enjoy. Uh, bojana means to enjoy. So trying to enjoy material things as opposed to enjoying devotional things. And then uh, prayas, Endeavour. <clears throat> and often, you know, in bhakti we're endeavouring, but we're endeavouring with material motivations and material pursuits. And, and Bhaktivinoda Thakur warns about that. But very interesting, he says that, uh, and he quotes Sanatana Goswami's last verse of the Hari Bhakti Vilas. Very interesting. And he says, and, and Sanatana Goswami says, the, one should avoid over-endeavour for material things, right? But he says, of all, Bhaktivinoda says, of all of the things that we endeavour for, fame is very difficult to give up. But it is the cause of all of the other anatas, right? Very interesting. So the desire to be recognised, the desire to be uh, honoured or respected, is <clears throat> is the is is a, a desire that we have to give up, and that's what you'll see that we see that in our hearts or in the characteristics of a pure devotee. They're not interested in being honoured or respected or having a position. Very, very interesting, and so this needs to. Be, this is a, an anatta, or is a uh, what is it called? It's a um, uh, a mood, if you like, that is antithetical to devotional service. Wanting to be someone, or wanting to be fine, pratishta. Right? That's what it, the Sanskrit is, pratishta. So interesting, practical devotional service to, to be engaged in all of these activities, but then internally we need to do, that's where the real work starts, right? So that we, we, we actually can let that, that the identity of a devotee manifest, otherwise it gets covered. If we have a desire for something, 
That's like a cloud of ignorance, and the cloud of ignorance covers the sun, right? But the example is given. When there's a cloud, it covers the sun. <clears throat> and Krishna's like the sun. And maya, or ignorance, is like the cloud of darkness. So the cloud of darkness, especially for a beginning devotee, is the impetus or the desire to get a material benefit for a start. Right? And this pratishta is, is the most difficult to give up, as is mentioned by Sanatana Goswami and also by, pointed out by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. So, you know, practical devotional service is all of the activities that we engage in, at least from the external point of view, but not only from the external point of view, it's also from internal. Of course, that's, that's, that's where the chanting of Hare Krishna comes in, right? And where we have to be careful, because when we're chanting, what happens? Up pops the material desires. What about this? What about that? What about the other thing? Ooh, I'd like that. Right? Thinking, we think of things, and then <clears throat> we feel, ooh, wouldn't it be good if I was, what, and you put whatever your desire is in that point. Right? You can think about it, but don't meditate on it. That's the feeling part. Ooh, ooh, mm, <laughs> right? That'd be nice. Right? Like a boy sees a girl and he likes the girl. It happens in school. Right, the kids, oh, he likes you. <laughs> right? She likes you. And so the boy's then thinking, oh, it'd be nice to be with her. Well, she's thinking, it'd be nice to be with him. Because little do they know, <laughs> being with somebody is, is very different to the meditate, you know, the, what you're thinking. Oh, it'd be nice. Right? But then from that feeling comes attachment, right? We become attached to the idea. And then comes willing. Oh, I, I want it. I have to do something about it. Right? So when we're chanting Hare Krishna, the, the thinking comes up. right? But that's where we stop it. We just keep chanting. Don't take it to the feeling stage. Right? Oh, it'd be nice to drive in a new motor car. And of course, this is advertising. This is what advertising is all about. They're always plopping things in front of you so that you're always thinking about it. And then you start feeling, oh, yes, it'd be nice to have Kellogg's cornflakes for breakfast. <laughs> right? And then the next thing you know, you're in a supermarket and you've got to buy a, a box of Kellogg's cornflakes because that's what you'd be meditating on. Huh? So practical, very interesting. Bhakti is very practical. Even the chanting of Hare Krishna for the removal of material desires because the, the process is chant, all sorts of stuff comes up. Right? But Bhaktivinoda, actually in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Prabhupada explains this. It's like the boiling of sugar 
cane juice, right? The, the impure particles come up. And so what do they do? They're just scooped off and thrown aside. So while we're chanting, all sorts of stuff comes up. Have you noticed? But instead of, ooh, 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 we have to put that aside and just hear the sound of the mantra. This is the meditation. <clears throat> if we do that, the natural inclination to serve Krishna will come up, will manifest, will show itself naturally. It'll come out. Because who we are, it'll come out. Whereas if we, you know, go for those little snippets of illusion, right, they just become a big cloud of ignorance. And then our natural, you know, we, we become attached to the, to our, well, our attachments, effectively. We hold on to them, but they're ignorance. And that clouds our ability to bask in the sun of Krishna consciousness, right? Have you noticed that? Chant 16 rounds and you just feel... Because most of the time while you were chanting, you were just meditating on everything other than the holy name. <clears throat> Have you had that experience? Occasionally? Yeah. Usually because we're too tired. Often because we're too tired. Need a good night's sleep to chant Hare Krishna properly. Right? But then what happens? When you chant, when we chant 16 rounds, for example, and we've just meditated on the Maha Mantra, how do you feel? You feel like Superman. What? Oh, okay. What do you want me to do? Krishna, what do you want me to do? I'm happy to do it. Even if it's the most challenging, you know, we get to go out on book distribution and stop people. <laughs> you know, when, you, when, you're not, when you're not Krishna conscious, it's the hardest thing in the world. Right? There's a verse in the Chaitanya Chaitamrita. Uh, I've forgotten. Um, but it says... <clears throat> If you remember Lord Chaitanya, then even the most difficult thing is easy to achieve. But if you don't remember Lord Chaitanya, even the simplest thing becomes impossible. Right? Can't even do up your sho shoelaces. <laughs> so this is practical. Very interesting how Prabhupada, if we, because the, the external part is, is, Kind of easy, not so easy, but it is it's kind of easy. The hard part is to learn the practical process of chanting Hare Krishna so that our heart becomes pure and our, that our, our real spiritual identity becomes manifest. And so that's, you know, that then defeats this agya, right? This agya that Chitrakedu is talking about. And we see even obstacles or difficulties, we see that as Krishna's divine <clears throat> intervention. And that's why Chitrakedu, he saw Mother Parvati's curse as Krishna's mercy. Right? 
And so he offers his obeisances to her. Sure, no worries. Whatever curse you give me, I accept. Pretty elevated. Practical. All right, I'll finish here. Does anybody have any comments or questions? Or should we go and get the Mahaprasadam before everybody else eats it? What do you think? Hare Krishna. Gantra Srimad Bhagavatam Kijai Sala Prabhupada Kijai Gora Bhakta Brinda Kijai Arivaum.